Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> cute. That's cute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sarah, your hair looks really good. Oh my God, thank you. You know what's not looking good though? My skin. My skin. My skin. <laughs> my it's dry out here. It's been rainy, as you all know, in Los Angeles. And as a result, the heat is on or heat is up, on and up in the household. So it's very, very dry. So my skin is like parched. My skin is parched. And this episode actually, I think, helped me pinpoint one of the things I've been doing that's been terrible for my skin. And I know that this is bad, but sometimes you need the reminder from a board certified dermatologist. You know what I mean? Totally. Same. As we were talking during this episode, I had a flashback to yesterday evening when I was the temperature on my water in the shower boiling. <laughs> That's exactly it. My scalding hot showers that I've been taking the past three weeks have probably been contributing to the fact that I'm getting these very insane chin breakouts amongst other places. So yes, you're not a lobster. It's not time to be boiling in the shower, even though it feels great. It feels fabulous. We're going to take lukewarm showers, do our skincare routine, and then wrap ourselves in cozy garments and blankets. Yeah, maybe buy a towel warmer, buy a robe warmer instead. There you go. That's a delight. That's a delightful thing to do instead of just baking in the shower. So today's episode, all about dry winter skin, which... We are lucky, Sarah. We don't have the snow. We don't have the extreme cold, okay? So we know some of you are going through it. When I was in Pittsburgh for the holidays and there was the bomb cyclone happening, let me just tell you, I was rubbing my face. Like my skincare routine truly did change. And I know that we talk about changing for different climates and things like that, but I was using a product that I got from a beauty supply store. I don't even remember the name of it, but it might as well have just been straight up Aquaphor. And I was using that as the base of my skincare. Yeah. It was so, so helpful, but it was like, I would never use that here. Totally, totally. You know what I mean? So today's episode is brought to you by our friends and partner, Ulta Beauty. And we are discussing your most asked winter skincare questions We polled you, the listeners, on our social media, and we asked you to submit your burning or freezing winter skincare questions. (laughs) And so we have Dr. Camille Howard, who is a board-certified dermatologist based in New York City, as our guest to give you all the scientific tea. Dr. Howard works with Ulta Beauty as an expert, and she is not only sharing her tips for overcoming dry, itchy skin, but she's also discussing what you should be doing and avoiding, like those hot showers, to keep your skin moisturized in these cooler months. All right. It is winter, in case you didn't know. And 
even if you aren't aware, I'm sure your skin is telling oh, yeah. you it is. It's very dry over here, Kirby. Yes. It's very, very dry. But we know that, you know, obviously everyone's skin is different. And we heard from you guys all of your questions that you have regarding how your skin is changing and reacting during these colder months. So who better to answer our questions about how we can treat our skin than the expert herself, board-certified dermatologist and Ulta Beauty's partner for all things skincare, Dr. Camille Howard. Yay! Hey, guys! Dr. Howard in the house. Yeah, yeah. So if you have not seen what Dr. Howard looks like, she is a walking billboard for her <laughs> practice. Um, it's like a very good advertisement for what she does. So highly recommend following her yes, first and foremost. Yes, yes, yes. So you can learn and get more information. But Dr. Howard, how has your skin been treating you during the winter? So like many people, I have dry skin and I have eczema. Lots of people have eczema, but I think the baseline is we all get a little more dry in the winter. It really doesn't matter like where in the country you might be. Like I feel like around this time, with the exception of maybe Florida and some parts in Texas, that the humidity is kind of low, right? Like that kind of like dew point humidity is really low and our skin is just yearning for more water. Really. So my skin is super dry. Even though I have oily skin, it's still dry. Right. And we can talk about that too, because I think a lot of people think, oh, I must not have oily skin if my skin is feeling dry, but it could be a different thing altogether. Yeah. But what kind of skin issues typically arise or are more common in winter, in your opinion? So definitely if you have like background, like eczema, you're going to be more dry in the wintertime. You also will maybe experience more flares in the wintertime. People who tend to be a little bit on the dry side are more dry in the wintertime. Also, I see like a lot of like just dermatitis, which is just an inflammation of the skin. But what happens is if you are dry enough, your skin will start talking to you enough. Itchiness, tightness. So sometimes people will start out kind of dry. They'll see like, you know, their skin looks a little dry. But if that continues, you'll definitely have moments where your skin gets very irritated. And that usually is in the form of being super itchy. Got it. Okay, great. So if you are more acneic, do you feel like your patients are coming in to see you more in the winter or, you know, is there a difference between winter and summer? That's a great question because I feel like sometimes acne really is not only about the oil production. That's like one component of acne, right? And then there's another component where there's like a bacterial component. And then there is a third component that is hyperkeratosis that really isn't necessarily dependent on the environment. It's just you're having a lot of the micro comedal or the micro plugging in that hair follicle that happens. So I'm not necessarily seeing my acne patients more in the wintertime with the dryness, but what may happen with some of these patients is that they may like change their routine a little bit. Maybe they get a little more irritation because sometimes people think if I have acne, I'm not sensitive, but you can be sensitive and be acne prone at the same time. That's something that can happen. Okay. And then you mentioned this, that you may have oily skin, but can still be dry. I think the people are really confused on how to decide if they have dry skin or they have dehydrated skin. Can you explain the difference between the two of these? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I always go back to like how great the skin is, right? So your skin, it 
does a tremendous amount of work and spends a tremendous amount of energy trying to hold onto water. It likes to do that. Your skin also has this really complex building block communication system of lipids, right? To form that envelope to protect the outside world from the inside world. That's what it wants to do. So when you think about dryness and you think about being dehydrated, you think about water and then you think about lipid, right? So dehydrated is helping to support your skin to hold on to that water, hydration. And then dryness, you can be dehydrated and also be dry because that lipid component is not there. That lipid support system isn't there. So for instance, when you try to find a moisturizer, right? You want something that's going to help that trans-epidermal water, like prevent that trans-epidermal water loss, and also to support the skin barrier with the lipids. So you're looking for both things, not one or the other, even though we talk about that in social media world, like they're one or the other. But think of the skin as always trying to build itself, support itself to hold on to water. And a part of that support is building a nice lipid barrier to do that. I think people are going to go, but how do I know if it's one or the other? Right. So is there a way that dehydration presents itself that is very clear to you when it's like, okay, you seem to be more dehydrated than just like normal dry skin? You know, in the office, I don't necessarily think of it all the time that way, because to me, they're kind of hand in hand right? So things that you could look for is maybe like flaking. You can visually see the skin maybe look a little bit more gray. It may be a little flaky. Sometimes some people will say like skin turgor or elasticity, right? Like how, you know, sometimes you pinch the skin and it like supposed to bounce right back. So, you know, those are some, I guess, quantitative ways to look at it. But really I find that if you find a good moisturizer, you don't have to think about, am I dry? Am I dehydrated? What am I? Like you find one that works very well for you that has good lipids in it. And then you also find one that has maybe hyaluronic acid in it to help, you know, with the water retention. Are you able to share some of your favorite moisturizers that help with the lipids? In the wintertime, First Aid Beauty. Then they have an Ultra Repair. That one's a good one. It's like a really good one. Oh my God. That one truly is holy grail for me. And it's affordable. That is what I love about it. Like so good, so affordable. And as far as like dehydration, people like to like poo-poo on Clinique, but Clinique, it's the old head. Like these just have really, really good like hydration products, the moisture surge. I remember like when I, I'm dating myself now, I'm up there. I'm not like 20 to 20. <laughs> but, it's a safe space, Dr. Howard. <laughs> is it? <laughs> You're our people. Yeah. This is what they, want. They, they don't want you to be 20. No. Okay. Like Clinique was like the counter as a suburban girl, for me at least. I grew up in South Florida and I used to go to like Dillard's or Macy's and like that. Remember that big bar soap that they used to have? Like yes. the huge bar soap with all the pink and yeah, the massive bar soap. But they the Moisture Surge cream is a good one for dehydrated skin. So yeah, there's quite a few on the market. Do you recommend using oils? for dry and dehydrated skin? You know what? I don't mind oils. and That comes from like a cultural standpoint for me. Well, when I um, trained, I would train with people who are like, no oils. And I'm like, but culturally, I like oils. I kind of like how it feels on my body. I That's kind of like what I grew up with, you know? So I, I don't mind oils. I just don't like when the oils are too thick or they're comedogenic. So usually most of the oils that you find now, even at Ulta Beauty, they're pretty good. The formulas are pretty good. One that I tried recently, I'm not saying this brand, Osea, Osea, Osea. Uh, yeah, Osea, yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. I didn't want to like it. I got it in the package and I was like, I'm not going to like this. No, it was so, so good. If you're really dry, you may need like some more 
oomph, you know, maybe use like a cream and then put the oil on top or use them together if you're really dry, but that one's a really good one. I literally went through the two bottles and then bought a third one. Oh, their products are so, so good. So good. Yeah, it's like such an LA thing, but truly the body products are amazing. I love it. I love it. I wanted to be like, mm, but no, I liked it. I couldn't hate. I couldn't hate on it. <laughs> and so also you are advising us to either mix the oil with the cream or to have it as our last step, the oil. That's what I do. Yeah, I do that in my house with my daughter who also has eczema. But again, everyone has a little bit of a different attitude about oils. Again, culturally, for some people, it's like I need to have like that shea oil or that shea butter, but I'm not against it. I'm against using oil on like really dry dry skin. Like if you see that your skin is scaly and there's no moisture there, the dehydrated part is there, don't like slap oil on that. That wouldn't be the best. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually what I think of when I think of dehydrated skin. I think of almost like it looks like a film. It's like almost like shiny. Yes. And and then you're like looking at your skin, you're like, what is going on here? And then you're trying to figure out, okay, am I just extremely dry. And some people are like, oh, I need to exfoliate this off. Like it's like a film to the skin, but that's how I interpret dehydration. And when I do have that, which is rare, it's mostly on my forehead. Right. And when I actually am focused on, okay, I need to moisturize this area and make sure that I'm using something that has like ceramides in it and hyaluronic acid and stuff like that, it tends to go away. Right. Correct. And then like, I always think of the lipid and the water to just always make sure that you have that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in a moisturizer all the time, just as simple maybe as when you come out of the shower, not being completely dry and putting your moisturizer on, on damn skin. Like that can be a part of the water lipid moment that you're having. So for me, my ethos is it shouldn't be complicated. And I think that's kind of my struggle in the skincare, like online space is that sometimes we try to make things so complicated. And honestly, the skin is beautiful and dynamic. Like it really wants to do what it's supposed to do. And we just sometimes do more harm than help it. Sometimes just keeping it simple is just enough. Just support it. That's it. Exactly. I wanted to touch on, you mentioned your daughter has eczema. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the cold, dry conditions can really cause like flares for people with eczema and maybe even psoriasis. What are you suggesting when your patients come in, especially for those who have maybe never experienced it before? And then they're like, what is this? What do I do? Right. So one is make sure you have a right diagnosis, right? Like, do you actually have eczema or, you know, do you actually have psoriasis? So once you have your diagnosis, I feel like these are chronic skin conditions. So that is the second thing that you have to understand is that sometimes it's not your fault that you're having a flare. You're not doing anything wrong. Don't put the pressure on yourself that you did something to cause this in yourself. Not at all. And then you want to think about how to minimize those flare ups throughout the year. You know, I want to go back to touching on helping the skin do what it's supposed to do. It wants to be better. It wants to support you. It wants to like have that protective layer. So choosing products to help it do that, right? Moisturizing and being very, very cognizant about how you're moisturizing lukewarm showers and not having a Calgon moment for like an hour in the shower, trying to like <laughs> escape from the world. You know, like, we, I don't know, like moms Guilty. and everyone, like, we're just like, Oh my God, it feels so good. But the shower then becomes like a sauna <laughs> escape moment. Yes. <laughs> I tell my patients with eczema and psoriasis, like that is never you go find something else to do. Cause you can never <laughs> escape from the world in that shower. That, that. And then also 
I think the shower should be beige, like just gentle cleansers. Don't go too crazy in the shower with the exfoliating, the exfoliating net, the loofah. Just be really gentle with the skin and then moisturizing on damn skin. Do you have any favorite body washes? No, in our house, we only use Dove Sensitive Skin Bar. It's so plain, but I find that it's the only one. My daughter and I, we both have eczema and it's the only one that I feel like it's the only one that doesn't make me feel itchy. I love me a Dove Bar soap. It's so plain. I go and I buy things. I'm the derm that actually likes fragrance. I like fragrance. I like to smell good. I love when I smell something. I'm like, mm, it smells so good. But I just know I'm going to have like an itchy moment afterwards. So, okay, you talked about hyaluronic acid, which our listeners are very familiar with. You talked about lipids and we talked about, you know, perhaps ceramides. Are there any other ingredients that you think are maybe unsung heroes for the wintertime that people are maybe not using or should use? Oh, my God. I feel like glycerin never has her moment. Oh, my God. We love glycerin on this podcast, Dr. Howard. Oh, my God. I love that you guys love it because I feel like she never has her moment. It's always like HAH. And I like HA too. It's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have my patients bring their skincare products to me. I had like one patient yesterday. She came and she showed me and she had like a travel container. She was like, this is what I do. And I'm like, okay. And it's like six steps in the morning and seven steps at night and like all these HA serums. And I'm like, I bet if you look at your moisturizer, you see it on the back of it. So, you know, over and over again using HA, but glycerin, glycerin, glycerin. She is that girl. I love her as a humectant. She's wonderful. Why do you love her so much? I love her because she's cheap. It's easy for me to be like, get some vegetable glycerin and like some water or mix it. Like it's an economical option. I know sometimes we're in this space and we can forget about those people who don't have access to a lot of this, these amazing products, but I like her for that. I like her that she is in a lot of products, you know, and she's in a lot of accessible products. That's one of the main reasons why I really like the fact that anyone anywhere in the middle of America, a mom in the middle of America, a mom down in Miami can go to their local Ulta Beauty. They'll see like $50, 20 and $5. And if she can only afford $5 for her skincare at Ulta Beauty, then at least she has an option. I love that. Thank you. We got to do a whole ep on glycerin, Kirby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's talk about humidifiers. We are constantly getting targeted on Instagram that we need these like super cute, fancy humidifiers. They're going to help us. They're going to transform our skin. (laughs) Do we really need them, especially like during the winter? Yeah, I like them. I like them a lot because they're good for your nose too. All the little kitties with like nosebleeds. They're really good for your mucosal passages as well, too. But doesn't have to be the hot mist. It could be cool mist, just any sort of moisture in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Any sort of moisture in the air. We have them in different sections in our house. Again, anyone who's prone to dryness, eczema, like that is a definitely necessary thing, especially if it's really dry here in the Northeast and also out West. I think you guys, it's really dry out West too. Totally. Are there any other devices or tools that you like to use in the winter? Gadgets? Hmm. I'm not a big gadget fan. Again, I'm a keep it simple girl. I'm a keep it simple girl. I'm a Jamaican raised by a Jamaican mom with like a lip gloss, a Mary Kay lipstick and a, a Vaseline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> keep it simple girl. Easy. 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 Okay. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah. I love humidifiers. Great. Most humidifiers are made equal, right? Like we don't need to be. Oh, mine is like, mine is not cute at all. It's like giant. It's like this big. 
It's great. Right. It's huge. It's yeah. loud. It's like Honeywell. <laughs> it's like the non-sexy brand. Okay. Good non-sexy know. at all. Like you don't need to pay $150 for it. No. The cord is like all over the place. My husband's like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not buying a new one. Like this is, this is what it is. <laughs> we talked about a product a couple years ago when we first got started called Hey Dewey. It's a table side or desk side humidifier. It's small and compact and they you charge them with the USB and so easy and like now I'm like, where is it? Because I, I know I think I bought one of those. And not, now that you're saying it, I'm like, well, where's mine? I think I bought one from Amazon too. Where is it? I need to go <laughs> and bust it out. They're my favorite. You could just put them on the desk while you're like working. So good for your skin. Kind of forgot. I think my sister stole mine. And I feel like because they're smaller, they're also easier to clean, you know? No, I definitely bought one. And now that you mentioned it, where is it? Where has it been for like the last year? <laughs> she has it. Good, good to know. She stole it. Okay, so these are some questions from our listeners. I'm just going to read them as they are. It says, why is my skin dry even when I moisturize? Yeah, so we talked about lipids and water and how you need to have like both. But when people like come to me and say like, oh, I'm still dry. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, but I'm still dry. I take it back to like how we're taking care of our skin every single day. Are you having those Calgon moments in the bathtub, in the shower? My trick is like, oh, when you come out of the shower... Is the mirror really fogged up? That's my way of seeing if you're like, because you're going to tell me your, your water is not hot, but if your mirror is like all fogged up, I'm like, mm, actually it is. So having that moment, another like controversial thing I always say too, is just like um, loofahs and uh, net sponges and washcloths and like having this constant need to have mechanical exfoliation. Like how often are you doing that? Because remember, you're disrupting your, your skin barrier that way. Also, how you're moisturizing. Are you putting moisturizer on damp skin? And typically, if people just make slight adjustments in how they are taking care of their skin, little slight adjustments, they're able to be more moisturized and hydrated. Okay. You sort of touched on this as well, but if you wanted to elaborate, what do we do about dry skin on other parts of our body, like behind our ears or dry patches on our arms? So it's interesting because behind the ears, what I find that people who think they actually have dry skin behind the ears can have seborrheic dermatitis, like the little yeast can grow behind the ears as well too. So there's something people should pay attention to. If they have a little dandruff on their scalp, they can have it in their eyebrows and they can have it around their nose, like right here. You know, sometimes you get a little like little dryness here that could actually be septerm and actually behind the ears. So it's all the same thing. So what would you do about that? Like if you have it in your eyebrows and behind your ears. So you can always look for shampoos with a zinc pyrithione or a selenium sulfide, you know, anti-dandruff shampoos. And if you are in fact dry, if you know, it's not a dandruff thing, but a dry thing, paying the same amount of attention to the skin behind your ears as you do your face. Think about all the things that we do for our face, but we kind of like forgot behind our ears. We forgot like the crevice here, like, you know, this little guy here, we forget this guy or on top of the ear, or we forget in our belly button, or I call it the flank too, like right here, you know? So you'll like moisturize very well, like everywhere. But then for some reason here, like right here, it's always, everyone <laughs> always misses it. And you're talking like right below the rib, because for listeners that, can't, that aren't watching, like right below the rib and like right above the hip. Okay. Yeah, like right behind there, but I call it the flanks. For some reason, yeah, they miss that area and it starts, it becomes dry and then irritated and then very itchy. So, you know, behind the ears, in the belly button, just pay special 
attention to those areas. Also areas like the elbows, the skin is a little bit thicker there, but it's also kind of like an area that it's maybe you're more rough with. So if you have your elbow on your table all the time, that's an environmental factor that you have to take into account. So this might need more moisture, this might need more exfoliation. So I think for me, when I think of like skincare, I think of complete skincare, like not only my face, but all of these little cracks and crevices, including my knees and my elbows and how they may require different sort of routine. I think people tend to consider their face this more delicate area, so they treat it really well. But then maybe people are like, oh, I'm dry on my elbow or I'm dry on my arm or my flank or behind my ear. And they're like sticking like Vaseline and stuff on it, which I'm a fan of Vaseline in in my house, so I'm not shading it at all. But like, is that the way to go? You're kind of saying, no, treat it just the same as you would your face. Correct, correct, correct. Exactly. It's treated the exact same way. Like when you're in the shower, it's one, you know, your grandma probably said this, but don't forget behind your ears, you know, (laughs) (laughs) when you're in the shower, don't forget your belly button or your flanks or your elbows, because these are areas that are easily missed. And then when you easily miss them, they're neglected areas and then they become a little problematic later. Okay. We need to talk about sunscreen, Dr. Howard. My favorite. So one of the questions is, am I allowed to use an SPF 30 instead of an SPF 50? But why? Like, why do you want to change that? Like, why? Like, why go get a new sunscreen? Mm-hmm. You, like, why? Just it's a habit. Just do what you normally do. I think probably this listener is thinking, oh, it's more dreary during the winter. Maybe there's not as much sun peeking out. So maybe they're thinking because like, let's be real. We love sunscreen. Like we preach the gospel of sunscreen on Los Angeles. But we do talk about how you have to find that Goldilocks sunscreen that fits you just right to want to keep using it. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with going out to, to SPF 30. Like, yeah, you're right. Sunscreen is like your favorite bra, right? You have like 20, 20 different bras, but you end up wearing the same four or three over and over again because you like it. It feels comfortable. You think about it. It's not going to like, I don't know, make you itchy right here under your armpit. I have no idea. Sunscreen is like that. Like whatever you can use to do every single day, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's what we say too. But in terms of SPF 50 versus SPF 30, is there that much of a change? Like, Well, okay. So this is like a little controversial too, right? Because if you were to read Bologna, which is like our Bible, our Durham Bible, textbook Bible, it'll say like, no, there's not much difference between SPF 30 and SPF 50. But we're under the assumption that everyone is applying and reapplying. These are scientific studies, right? So, you know, we're under the assumption that everyone is applying as they should. They're using the correct amount. They're getting the exact same amount of sun, but we can't make that assumption. So if, you know, if we can get a little bit more coverage with SPF 50, go for it. If you're going to go to Florida and you're not going to reapply as often or put as much as you, yeah, you want to go with a higher SPF. But, but technically in the textbook, it says, but again, that's a very controlled lab environment. So Dr. Howard, tell us, what are some of your favorite facial sunscreens to use? Okay, if you're hyperpigmented and you're thinking about getting a sunscreen, you want to reach for a tinted mineral sunscreen. So a few that I like, the La Roche-Posay, I call it LRP because I can't say the name properly. Any, <laughs> They have a tinted mineral sunscreen that I like. <laughs> it's the Anthelios or Anthelios. Yeah, Anthelios. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> that one. <laughs> 
coats, they have a good one too. But if you're deeply complected, you just, you probably have to color correct a little bit. I think type one, two, three skin, Fitzpatrick one, two, three, you'll be completely okay wearing it by itself. Great. And I wanted to throw out that, um, I recently tried the Live Tinted. Oh, did you like it? Yes. It doesn't have a tint to it. It's yellow, though. And so when you put it on, it does not have that cast. Like It's kind of like similar to what you're saying, where you want to have a tinted mineral. It's a broad-spectrum mineral SPF 30 primer. I want to try that one. And I like it because it dries matte. It doesn't leave the skin very dewy and shiny, which Sarah and I have different preferences. She loves to be like a disco ball, but she also is like a big super goop fan. And then for me, I need it to be a little bit more matte. And I've been really enjoying the live tinted one. So I'm like you. Yeah, I like it just a little bit matte. Like I get oily right here and it drives me crazy when there's like an oil slick. So yeah, I'm definitely a more matte girl. I have one more that I am remembering. Kirby and I love everyday humans. And they have their Rose from Above SPF 35 Mineral Sunscreen Base. And it's really good. It's affordable. It has like four stars on Ulta Beauty's website. So check that one out too. Amazing. I actually wanted to ask you something that I think is kind of relevant and topical. So there is a brand that recently launched that is really focused on melanated skin. Like the marketing around it is for melanin-rich skin. And I was writing a story about it and I interviewed some cosmetic chemists and some dermatologists. And I asked them, like, what do you think about this term melanin-rich skin? Like by looking at the inky list on these products, do they lend themselves more so to melanin-rich skin? And they were like, by looking at these products, there's nothing in here that's different than what you could maybe get anywhere else. And I was like, okay, well, are there like maybe studies that show that may, like jojoba oil, sea buckthorn oil, Rose hip, you know, all of those oils maybe lend themselves more to melanin rich skin. And I guess there's been a debate about this, Dr. Howard, where it's like maybe melanin rich skin tends to be drier. And that's why this brand focused so much on moisture. The Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology. So, what they did is they just released like a CME or a continued medical education paper, right? And in that paper, it talks about like, differences, different skin tones. And what they did is they looked at different papers about it and they found that in certain groups, yes, it may be deeply complex skin, maybe drier than other. And I have to like find this for you guys because I literally want to read because I thought it was such a great paper. What they did is they have like a section called lipid content, right? And so they have some findings in which they looked at certain papers. So one says ceramide and cholesterol ratios are significantly lower in black skin than in Asian and white skin in a cohort of 25 Asian people, 18 black people, and 28 white participants, right? So that came from two studies. And then they have another one that says ceramide content was significantly higher in Chinese stratum corneum than in the Thai stratum corneum, right? So literally these were only three studies. One was in 2010 by Dr. Junkerstead in the British Journal of Dermatology. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing strong that supports. It's limited research. Yeah, there's nothing strong that supports that. Okay, and that's why there is more need for studying melanin-rich skin, which makes so much sense. The reason why I wanted to ask is because it's like, well, 
you know, maybe if the science did lend itself, it's like, should our more melanated listeners be utilizing like sea buckthorn oil or like, are there, are there certain ingredients that lend themselves more to having melanin rich skin versus like white skin? There's one thing when I guess when brands sit together at a table and they're creating product, one part of, I guess, creating products is having a great and compelling ingredient story. But what I find is that brands create that story and then they seek research to like back up that story. But sometimes there's not enough research to back up the beautiful story. And yeah, yeah, you can say, yeah, you know, you need more this or you need more that. But the truth is that it's just not enough studies to really 100% strongly support that. And people who are deeply complected just use more moisturizer or be a little bit more gentle with their skin. Not that they need this one ingredient that's going to make the xerosis that much better. And xerosis is dry skin. Yes, dry skin. No, I, I learned that recently. I was like, xerosis. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start using that. Yeah, I have all these fancy terms. So we sound really smart. Like this is like <laughs> one phrase, dermatosis papulosa nigra. You sound like all fancy when you say it, right? It's just like little, the little black bowls that come on your face. And I'm just like, well, that sounds really fancy, right? It's benign. It doesn't turn into, <laughs> doesn't turn into anything. <laughs> we have one final question for you. Yeah. Which is, what is your current winter skincare routine? What are you using? Guys, I'm all over the place. First of all, I'm the lazy derm. I don't like do 10 steps. I have an eight-year-old. I'm always stressed. So this is going to sound crazy. (laughs) This is going to sound crazy. So in the morning, I use whatever is in the shower, which is my Dove my Dove Sensitive Skin Fragrance-Free Bar. Like literally, that's what I use if I am even going to use that that morning. Make sure I use moisturizer every single morning. And that can be a bunch of different ones depending on where I am in my house because I get a lot of free PR stuff. This morning, what did I use this morning? I used CeraVe and that's because my kid was running out. She looks dry and she just happened to need it on her knees. So I put it on my face. It's fine. It's good. All good. I use Aquaphor on my entire body. They have a good spray that I love because I am lazy. So (laughs) I come out of the shower and I spray myself sometimes. This morning I used the COTS, the C-O-T-Z, COTS, COTS. Yeah, I use that one. I like that one a lot. Okay. Yeah, sunscreen. At night I use to wash my face. Depends if I'm in the shower, Cetaphil because it's there. If I'm out of the shower, La Roche-Posay hydrating cleanser because it's on the counter. I use Araslo, which is a prescription grade retinoid. It's 0.45% tazarotene. And then I will use any moisturizer I can find, either that CeraVe, I'm I'm all over the place, guys. But the point is, the point is you cleanse, moisturize, sun protection, and my retinoids. Like that is my everyday must happen. Core four. Core, look at you. That's why why you write. That's why you write. (laughs) (laughs) Core four, girl. Core four, no Calgon commercial in the shower. Yes. Not like the Calgon (laughs) commercial, Mariah Carey. Thank you very much. We are not running from the world's problems in the shower. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, We love that. And we're going to make merch with that on it and send it directly to you. Oh, my God. Core four. I do like that a lot. I might steal that, Kirby. (laughs) Use it. Use it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with everyone. Where can everybody find you? Oh, I am known as Derm Beauty Doc, D-E-R-M Beauty Doc, uh, TikTok, uh, social media. I'm actually a practicing board-certified dermatologist here in New York City. I actually do see patients. I have a patient coming soon. I'm here at 245 Fifth Avenue. So if you guys want to find me, you can find me here. 
That's our show. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all platforms for announcements and opportunities at Los Angeles Pod and join our Facebook group to share your own reviews. Los Angeles was created by Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It is a part of the ACAST network. Our episodes are mixed and edited by Roxy Flo and Stacey Abarca. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 